Hey everybody, uh, here's another episode of the Fully Charged cast. Uh, back again, it's me, Frank, and then I've got Joe and Matt today. Uh, no Brent with what us. What up, fam? <laughs> Very what good. up? Um, so how's everybody been doing since we last talked last week? Been doing pretty good, just been... Uh traveling a bit across the state for work stuff so i haven't had as much time to relax but other than that it's been cool okay well gotta make that that paper i guess yeah and then uh, matt what have you been up to uh not not as much traveling but i've just been working hanging out playing battlefront 2 beta nothing too crazy going on here yeah man uh is that uh it's been pretty good uh so far i've been playing that a little bit too we can talk about yeah. that a little bit. What do you uh, What do you think so far? It's been very above average, I will say. It's been <laughs> a, a very, very above average experience. It's a very Matt answer. Do you have uh, to pre-order to be able to play the early beta? Starting no? tomorrow, uh, you can. You can. Anyone can play it. Okay. I didn't. Uh, tomorrow it, so. would be the the sixth. So yeah. By on... the time By the time this is up, people have already been playing it. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it has... Uh, well, Matt, why don't you tell us what's in the beta? Uh, there's three different modes, and each mode is a different era, prequel, OT, and then Force Awakens sequel era. And they have the new Galactic Assault, which is the prequel era, where you either play as the Separatists or the clones, and the Separatists try to move towards the Theed Palace and take over the throne room and blow stuff up and the clones try to stop them. There's Starfighter Assault, which is imps versus rebels. Three different um, classes for spaceships and you rebels have to try to destroy a Star Destroyer and imps pretty much are trying to stop them. And then the strike is like infantry-based objectives between the Resistance and First Order. And there's like four there's four different classes in this game as opposed to the original Battlefront, which didn't have any classes. And you get points to become heroes or specialized classes. So it's fun. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's uh it, it had a bit of a learning curve, which is impressive because it seems that the first one didn't have a learning curve at all. It was awesome from the word go as far as being good at the game goes. Um, yeah, but this one it has actual uh, weapon physics. The it seems like the lasers like fly faster through the air, but they don't hit as hard. So it's almost like you're playing like a modern shooter. Yeah. It feels a little more, a little more battlefieldy, which is weird for Star Wars. But it doesn't feel like not Star Wars. It still feels like Star Wars. It's just different. That's yeah, kind of how I felt. I felt like it took a lot more. I had to shoot at enemies a lot more before they died, which I'm not necessarily opposed to. But from playing Battle, the original Battlefront, where it was just like pew pew dead yeah you pretty pretty much have to like lay into people in order to kill them and your your guns um overheat quicker too now so you actually have to be more wary of that 
you have to manually vent the heat on them, kind of like a reload mechanic. It, and for those who didn't know, in the first battlefield, basically if you held the trigger down, your gun had infinite ammo, but it would just overheat if you kept firing for too long. And in this, that's back, but the heat vents very slowly, even if you stop firing. So you have to hit the what would be the reload button on any other shooter, and it'll vent the heat quicker, but then you can't fire for a little while. It's interesting compared to uh, the last game. And then the this new Starfighter physics are really cool. Like, they added a... It's not even remotely realistic, but more of a flight model to it, as opposed to the kind of, like, super simplified Star Fox controls they had in the first game. Uh, so it takes a little bit more skill. It feels a lot more rewarding to actually get a kill, because you have to actually shoot them down, not just hold one trigger and hold down the other trigger. So... You have to actually aim and be smart and strategic, and if you're a good pilot, you can avoid dying, which is kind of nice as someone who likes flight games. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Joe, if you uh, if you get a chance, you should download it. It's fun. Uh, we'll do that. Yeah, Tomorrow. It feels like they, they really improved a lot. If you had issues with the first one, chances are it's been fixed in the second one. Well, let's hope so. Yeah, but it's not Battlefront 2 that I played 12 years ago, so it's garbage. Can, all right, can we take an aside on that for just a second? Like, Battlefront 2 2005. The best game awesome. ever? The well, servers okay. are live. Yeah, They're they actually back. just brought those back online for Steam. You can play online right now, which is an interesting choice, uh, considering the beta for Battlefront 2 2017 is starting, started uh, two days ago. But... Um, well, it's because they want people to play a real game, and none of this futuristic BS. That's modern games. Well, yeah. well, modern Joe's, games are ruining gaming. Yeah, Joe's being very sarcastic right now, but um, the original Battlefront was awesome in its day because of the kind of power fantasy. It it was kind of neat. You know, you got to blow up a lot of uh, people, but it was terrible online and horrifically unbalanced. It does not look good today, and yeah, there's like a bajillion maps, but they're all little tiny closets uh, with AI that are just painfully dumb, with no ballistic physics at all on the guns. It's literally just you hold down the trigger and the bullets decide to go wherever they want. It was really fun in its day, but I, it is like seriously need to move on at this point because... Uh but Frank, my Galactic Conquest, how can I ever enjoy a Star Wars game without that? Galactic Conquest, for those who didn't know, was kind of like a mix of almost like a real-time strategy game where you chose which planet to go to next, and then you'd use assets you'd built up over the game. It was painfully simple to complete, but for some reason people just loved it. And I thought it was okay, but I'd rather just pick a random planet and blow stuff up instead of, you know, follow up. Well, well Frank, structure. you're doing it wrong. Frank's not a true fan, ladies and gentlemen. Well, the the whole point of what we're saying right now is Battlefront 2 was really good in its day. Do you know who but... writes the checks here? <laughs> oh, guys. <laughs> um, keep, it, keep it together, okay? Yep. Um, but it, yeah, it's not aged well. So, um, I don't, uh, I don't mean to keep talking, but moving on, um, <laughs> I actually picked up the newer game. I think it would be considered an indie game, Cuphead. It's uh, done in like this 1930s cartoon style, and it's really neat. It's it's a shooter, but it's 
uh, like a side-scrolling platforming shooter. And it's got a really neat aesthetic and feel to it. Everything looks like hand-drawn animation. Plays the same way and everything. I've uh, been enjoying that. And anyone else been playing anything cool? I mean, when it comes to Cuphead, um, I did have a chance to watch people stream it for about an hour or so. Um, I mean, I don't know what I was watching because I felt like everyone was just doing bosses. So is there like a specific boss mode? Like, could you maybe tell us a little bit more about like oh, what sure. modes are in the game? So the game is, it's, it is really just bosses. There's an overworld where you walk around and you go from plot to plot and there's like a loose story to follow basically cuphead and his brother Mugman, they both look like cups it's it's silly but um they end up at this casino and they lose a bet to the devil and like literally the devil like old scratch it's 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 such a stupid old-timey cartoon trope um and they've got to go collect contracts from all these these people that the devil already owns the soul of or something anyway. So there's a bunch of bosses. There are some platforming levels mixed in, but I did two of them, and they were pretty simple. Um, this is really a boss game, and it was always kind of made to be a bunch of bosses. Uh, it, and it shows, because the bosses are great. The platforming levels are like, why do I even have to do this? Uh, but the bosses are really fun. You only get three hits to start the game. You get There's no way to get health back during the fight. You literally have to survive. But the, the fights themselves aren't very long, but they demand a lot of precision. And while I'm not super far into it, I did watch some videos of it, and I know some of the later bosses. It looks like it gets really challenging, but it doesn't look unfair about it. It's just, it's skill-based shooter. Um, it's pretty neat. The art style is distracting, I will say that. Yeah, I mean, when I was watching it, it seemed... Um seemed like it was pretty hard um like i don't know i mean if if you play it it probably is a little bit easier than when you're watching it because when you're watching it it seems like well there's a lot to pay attention to but i think when you actually play the game you'll probably get a hang of it is that correct if i'm not mistaken yeah i mean part of the charm is uh, would be the animation and the music the music's like this old-timey swing and there's very little voice acting, just like those old cartoons. And anything they do have sounds like it's really weird and distorted. Um, there's, it's just, it's a good package. I, I was, it's been on my radar for a long time. I don't have an Xbox, so I was a little worried I wasn't going to be able to play it. But thankfully, my potato of a laptop can play it, and it plays it really well. So I took a risk with it. But thank God for Steam returns, Steam's return policy. So, so I don't have to take advantage of that, but... Yeah, I'm glad that I, I was able to try it. It's good. Yeah, Matt, um, you and I are both excited about Shadow of War. Uh, there's been some reviews coming in starting today. Do you want to talk to anybody about uh, or talk to the people about that at all? Uh, you mean Middle Earth Shadow of War? Yeah. Nothing will be forgotten. Nothing will be forgotten, yeah. So yeah, it's been. I watched IGN's review today, and they gave it a, they gave it a decent review. They said it was good, and, I mean, not that I needed their uh, affirmation before I got the game, but it's nice to see the game getting positive reviews. And they pretty much said like you, like don't even bother with the microtransactions, which is kind of what we've 
talked about already, like you don't have to get the microtransactions and it seems like it's an unnecessary part of the game to get money. So it sounds like based on what they've said, if I may, man, that the the microtransactions are literally there if maybe you're pressed for time or you're really, really struggling and you want to be able to get through a particularly hard thing and you just need those assets. But yeah, it, it doesn't. It pretty much just gives you followers, from what I, from what yeah. I read, from what I've watched, and like for me, like most of the fun in the game is gonna be like finding my own orc followers to like groom and make good. So like I'm 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 personally not gonna pay for it, but yeah, Matt. For those who might not know, can you explain like what makes the shadow? Or, yeah, the Shadow games kind of, like, unique in their own right. You know, what they are, where they take place and everything. So they they take place after The Hobbit, the Lord, of the Lord of the Rings universe, Middle Earth. They take place after The Hobbit and before the Fellowship of the Rings. So there's a pretty big 60-year period that they have to play loose with the canon with. Boy, do they ever. Yeah. Yeah, they do. But uh, so it's like open world. It's an open world game with uh, it's pretty much a Lord of the Rings game with Batman Arkham combat, which, you know, I'm OK with that. But the thing that really makes it stand out is the nemesis system, where if you die. You come back to life and the guy who killed you gets promoted in this orc hierarchy and he can like move up the ranks in this world to become a war chief and he will remember him, he will remember you killing him, and like one of my favorite parts of that was like I killed this guy and I like burned his face off. Like I'm like I thought he was dead. The next time I saw him, he had bandages all over his face. He remembered that like hey you like burned me. Like I'm not too happy with you. And he had like he was like resistant to being burned, and like he just this guy just wouldn't die. So, I that's a cool little thing too like as if you, if you kill somebody they, they can come back and try to kill you and they're like resistant to the way you tried to kill them last time so that's a pretty neat thing and i mean we've talked in private before how i kind of wish that more games had like stolen this idea from monolith the people who make the game but no one has tried to copy this and the game's been out for four years three years it, now yeah it's very surprising because the Nemesis system itself is what made that game work. Because the story was, I mean, I'm not going to mince words, and I'm sure you agree, just awful. Like, it was just, it was there. The final boss is literally a quick time event. Uh, I mean... The boss before that wasn't even that fun. It was just like, no. sneak around and stab this guy. Yeah, and it wasn't even, like, engaging stealth. The point is, like, the best part of the game is making your own stories and... And you kind of almost develop a t weird, twisted relationship with uh, these orcs, like even ones that you kind of have possessed yourself. You get the ability to to brand orcs in the first game, and they kind of become yours, and they you can kind of have them do things or like your followers. And you just get this – you just love those little goofballs, that even though they're just gross and they want to kill, and that's all they do. Mm -hmm. And the second game, it looks like it's really, really fleshing that out. It wasn't even really on my radar till fairly recently. But uh, I don't know what changed. I just saw, I guess something about it clicked. I finally beat Shadow of Mordor, and and I was I'm very glad that I'm I'm going to be picking that one up because it it does it does look pretty cool. Um, yeah, I've been stoked about it since since it was announced because I was I was a pretty big fan of the first one when it first came out. 
I played a lot of it. And yeah, yeah I like I like the idea of like like you said, you can like form you can like brand your orcs and you can like have them move up the hierarchy to be war chiefs, which which was fun to do, which was like to pick up orc and kind of groom him on the way up. But this one looks really cool because you can like you can build your own orc armies and take over fortresses and move somebody up to be like the overlord of a fortress and that fortress is going to get assaulted by Sauron's goons and you know you can help your buddy out and I like the idea that you know your orcs can like even just, even though they're branded they can still betray you like your buddies can betray you it's like there's just I think it's I think it's a really cool system they have going on here yeah I would agree with that it's it's neat um but I mean, we'll, we'll I'm sure we'll talk about that again maybe next week on our next cast when it's out. And we'll be able to give our own kind of impressions of it. Um, does anyone have anything to say like movie wise lately? You know, a couple of things have come out. I know Matt, you saw some stuff. Yeah, I went and saw I went and saw Kingsman today. Early movie showing, and I liked it. I was a big fan of the first one, and this one was just a lot of fun. Just a fun action spy movie. Good. Yeah, the first one was fun. Joe, did you see the any of the Kingsman films? Or the first one anyway? No, I have not. Bobber bro. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're kind of almost like a tongue-in-cheek, action-y, wannabe, James Bond kind of thing. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. I mean, I've seen the oh. trailers, obviously. Um, it was before every movie I watched this summer. But... Yeah, I haven't had a chance to see it yet. Okay. Um, well, uh, let's move on to our main topic um, for today. Uh, we, it kind of going with a the theme we had from last week where we talked about kind of the movies that make us tick or the things we look for in movies uh, that make us appreciate them, even if they aren't very good. Um we want to talk about things that if you knew us, you'd be surprised that we like these things, aka kind of like guilty pleasures. Just to be clear, we're not ashamed that we like these things. It's just not something you would expect if you met us in a kind of cursory way. Um, to kind of set some framework and stuff, I thought I would go first and just give an idea of what we're going to talk about. Um, so for mine, uh, personally, I really like the manga and anime series One Piece. I am not opposed to anime or anything like that. I've watched a fair amount, but I don't generally like the type of genre that that belongs to. It's called shonen, which I don't know the direct translation, but basically they almost always involve a main character that's completely oblivious to pretty much everything except for his fighting, burning fighting spirit. And he's always fighting and fighting and he's got to be the best of something. And, and, and Naruto, he's got to be the king of the ninjas and, uh, and One Piece is going to be the king of the pirates. It's a, it's a really, I don't know, it just hits me just right. It's a show that has a surprising amount of emotional depth for an anime like that. The characters are all really likable. There's a lot of unbroken rules that they follow. Um, there's a art style kind of grew on me. I didn't like it at first, but it's very distinct. And it's one of the few mangas and shows that have been around for as long as it has. And the creator himself is not out of ideas. Nothing has ever felt other than some filler arcs they have in the in the show, which it, it's not his call, um, has ever felt out of place or not thought out. There's this big overarching mythology to everything that 
it's a kind of cheesy Japanese shonen-y type thing where it's a little convoluted and kind of silly and character motivations are kind of one note, but um, they, it, it just does a good job. It's something that I really care about, and I, I would say that I'm emotionally invested in the well-being of these characters, even though at the end of every arc, the status quo is always reaffirmed and everything goes back to stage one for the next arc. Um, yeah, that would be that would be something that if you if you know me, you would be surprised that I enjoy. So, um, moving on, I thought maybe Joe, you could tell us something uh, along those lines that uh, that you like. Yeah, for sure. So, um, one thing that I guess if you knew me, you'd be a little bit surprised that I like is I really like WWE wrestling. Um, I liked it as a kid. And then I grew out of it like most people do. and But then for some reason, I kind of got sucked back into it. And I'm not really sure what it was. Um, I think one of the things that I really liked was that um, I was able to actually... Like, they created a thing called like the WWE Network. So you can actually watch pay-per-views like at a reasonable price. So I think that may have been one reason why I kind of liked getting back into it. But also, I think... For some reason, the wrestlers that they were able to recruit, like within the last few years, have actually been pretty good. Um, and also, they almost seem like a little bit relatable in some instances when it comes to like your like your age, for example. Like I'm like in my 30s or early 30s, and um, there's some wrestlers that are around my age, and it's just like, man, like I could have been doing this or some shit, even though that's not true. But it's just like <laughs> it's. It just seems like it's a little bit relatable, though. And the stories are just funny. I mean, obviously, when you're older, you understand that it's all fake. Everything's fake, no matter what it is, um, for the story arcs. I mean, obviously, there's a little bit truth to some of it, but most of it is all fake. And um, But, I mean, it's just like, you know, it's kind of like a sport that isn't a sport. Like, it's all predetermined, but it's real entertainment, and um, they do get hurt. And I just think it's just something... That's just kind of fascinating about like what kind of level it is now than it was back then. Uh, they've been doing a really good job of making it so uh, you pretty much have to be like a top star athlete to actually do wrestling now. Like you have to be able to do flips, you have to be able to uh, have endurance, you have to be able to take a few hits for sure. Um, so I just think it's just at a different level than it used to be. So I guess that's what got me back into it and it's something I kind of like. Okay. Um, I was thinking uh, after we're all three of us are done talking, we could maybe ask each other about our things and maybe we can flesh them out a little bit more. So I might have some questions for you, Joe, and who knows, I might have some for Matt too, but I have no idea what his is. So speaking speaking uh, of that, Matt, why don't you uh, let us know what your quote-unquote guilty pleasure is? Uh, my Mine's the same as Joe's. Is this is going to be a thing you say every every <laughs> single time. Uh, no, so for me, like a personal guilty pleasure, guilty pleasure of mine is, I I really like the movie Avatar, the blue people one that James Cameron did in two thousand nine. I did not know that. I mean, I like that film too, but I wouldn't say like I would consider it a guilty pleasure. Yeah, I, it's it's only a guilty pleasure in the way that Avatar is really vilified on the internet by nerd them and pop culture and i i don't think it's like a quote good movie but i i just really like it i don't 
I don't know what it is about it. I like I like the world. I like the visuals. The story is your, it's your typical like Last Samurai dancing with wolves with aliens. But I just I just liked how James Cameron was able to create this world, and I kind of got sucked into it. And I really enjoyed the movie when it came out. I have the like extended edition Blu-ray that I never watch because it's so freaking long. I've not seen the extended one. Is it is it really that much longer? I mean, the movie was long as is. I didn't really need an extended edition, to be completely honest. Yeah, the movie was pretty long. But <laughs> I kind of I like the movie a lot, so I kind of had to have it. And it's just, it's not really a movie that I advertise. When people like ask me like, what kind of movies do you like to watch? I don't, I don't usually throw out Avatar. I'll say like, I like Lawrence of Arabia, I like Goodfellas, I like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. But Avatar. It hasn't been remembered favorably by a lot of people, and I'm not by any means ashamed that I like it, but you just get a lot of haters who hate on you for liking the movie in general, and it's just like, it's just just a movie. Which is, yeah, that is bizarre. Why do you think people hate on it so much? I, I think a lot of people just don't really like James Cameron, like, as a person, which I understand. He seems like he's kind of a, you know, he seems like he's kind of an ass in real life, but... I think it's just like the simplistic, the simplistic narrative, and just the overuse of cliches in the movie, and I think people are just kind of salty that it made a lot of money, and like The Dark Knight, it kind of like beat The Dark Knight for like best domestic gross, I think, mm. or something. I don't know. It's a weird, weird thing to be upset about. Um... That's interesting. I didn't. I mean, I've known you a long time. I guess we never really talked about it. I mean, I knew you enjoyed the movie, but I didn't know you considered it a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't. I mean, it doesn't. It's not that kind of movie, really. It's a good film. If, uh, okay, it's a, it's a well-made, entertaining. It is a good film, and I'm doing air quotes right now. It's. It's, it's not. Well put. It's not on the same level as like Pulp Fiction or Goodfellas by any means. Like, no, those movies are like those are classics. Those are like fantastically made movies and but it's it's a movie though yeah like it's it's a very good like it's a movie you can see and you'll be able to watch for the rest of your life i don't think it's ever going to look dated the effects are still incredible now and it's what eight years old now i know right yeah it's getting up there i think yeah yeah eight years any that's interesting i didn't know that that's good to know so I don't want to keep talking myself, but does anyone have anything they want to like add to their own thing, or do they want to talk or find out other people's things? Or people are just going to start thinking I love James Cameron. I dropped his movies twice. Oh Teacher yeah, Angel, uh, well, but but he makes Teacher. really good films. No, he's good. Like Aliens, Terminator Two, Avatar. I'm starting to think that you like James Cameron. I do. <laughs> I like his movies. Makes good movies. I like Titanic too. Boom. You caught me. Titanic is an excellent film. Even if it is like a weird, twisted version of Romeo and Juliet. Very much so. So, what is your take? Is Jack real or not? Everyone wants to know. What are you talking about? Is this, that, is this, that this, a, a, a fan? Yeah, there's a theory that Jack isn't real. But that doesn't what? make any sense because other people react to him. Yeah, what's the basis for this? I want to know. I don't know. Check the internet. Like okay. literally, his introductory scene <laughs> with with uh, uh, Rose. No, uh, with Rose. Well, yeah, but with Rose is like he gets uh, almost arrested because they thought he was molesting her or something. I know. Like, well, like, 
Trust me, I know, I know all this. Crazy. I'm just saying, like, I was just saying that just because there's a theory that says that Jack isn't real. That's that's dumb. That I mean, there's good there's good conspiracy theories in movies, like the whole all the Pixar movies are in the same universe one or whatever. But but that's just stupid. Sorry, but no. Sorry, internet, you lose this day. I think it loses a lot of days. I have to side with Joe on this one. <laughs> I, I actually, I, I, I just realized I spoke a very redundant thing right there. Um, yeah, so I don't want to really end the discussion on that, this stuff. Um, so, well, Joe. Okay. Now, what were you going to? Yeah, Joe. I, per, how about, hmm, I'm going to say my personal reaction for wrestling and why I, I'm very interested in why people like it. Because to me, it's like you said, it's very, um, I, I mean, when you kind of, it's already, what's different from wrestling, say, from like a soap opera? I know that's a terrible example because there's not really any punching in soap operas. Yeah, there is. And like I, well, I suppose that's true. And people get shot too. But yes, they do, and then they come back to life. Well, yes, I thought you were dead. <laughs> but um, no, what I mean is is more. I mean, I can see the entertainment value. I get that, but it's it's kind of like really basic, like faux Shakespearean kind of stuff. It's really really melodramatic and i just i'm not picking on you or making fun i just want to know more and i want you guys to ask me about my thing too like it's not something i've ever really talked about any of you with um but i i want to know because to me it just seems like it's so ham bone and, and because it's real actors quote unquote and don't get me wrong they're all very talented athletes and they could certainly kick my ass but i guess i just don't i don't get it so, I mean, I think it depends on what arcs you like in, like, because you could almost say they do call it, like, the WWE universe and stuff like that, because obviously that's, like, a buzzword these days. But I think the big thing is, is like, this depends what arcs you pay attention to. Obviously, there's arcs that are horrible, and they're just so bad that you just kind of tune out. And that's the thing is with the wrestling is that there's a lot of different story arcs all going at once. And so you can pay attention to the ones that you like, and then you don't pay attention to the, t- attention to the ones that you don't like. And also, some tend some of the arcs, like for example, when it, when it comes to like the women's division, uh, they tend to just kind of be more just about the athletes themselves and them competing. And it's pretty, uh, it, it seems very simplistic, and sometimes because it almost seems like it's like a competition, and they want to be the best. So that's what theirs is, and then that tends to be what like a lot of the higher end ones are too, like um, they play the championships and whatnot, but there's a few characters that are a little bit interesting, like Bray Wyatt is a very good example, who's someone who's like from, I guess, like he thinks he's a, he says he's a god um, and stuff like that. And um, there's been some crazy shit that's happened within his arcs where um, the person that's like antagonizing him, like I think it was Randy Orton at the time, he burns down Abigail's house or whatever, and then like the soul of Abigail actually goes into Bray Wyatt and there's all kinds of weird stuff like that. And then there's, and then they had like a house of horrors, uh, match, which is like the most ridiculous acted out. Like thing. It was like a, a straight from like a really bad horror movie where they, they pretty much just, I think they either filmed it before the pay-per-view or did it, but I don't know. It's just, the thing is, I think it's just something that like, it's not very deep, but what's good about it is that you can kind of, 
zone out a bit and just kind of like enjoy it for what it is like it's just like a way to it's like it's something that doesn't take itself seriously and wrestling has never done that and they know that it's ridiculous and they the thing is they also do play to two different audiences where one is probably like someone like me and then they also play to kids as well and so they kind of make it like more like family entertainment and since they're a publicly traded company they have to do that a little bit more as well so it's just kind of all that intertwined okay i mean it's it's it just it... I mean, that's kind of what I figure a lot of people are about it. There's a certain spectacle to it. Like, it's a bunch of dudes hitting each other, but it's not like it's not like MMA where people are really invested and they care about the fight. It's more like, oh, the spectacle of getting to the fight and, and you know, the goofiness of it. It's kind of like a tongue-in-cheek thing is what you're saying. Yeah, and the thing like is, like, all the, char- all the characters or the wrestlers, for this instance, um, all, all, they all have their own moves you can predict when those moves are going to happen. You can kind of know, like, it's going to go up and down. You know how the matches are going to play out. If you're, Especially if you're older, you'll definitely know all these things and how it's going to play out. Um, there's obviously unexpected things that will happen. And then it's all, like, the decisions of, you know, the script writers to figure out what they want to do. But at the end of the day, it's a good chance you'll know what's going to happen as well. Um, and then a lot of stories and the build-up for it, like, will help justify what you hopefully want to happen um but there's times where there's like unexpected things that happen um that you wouldn't actually be uh expecting like for example there was a wrestler named uh Braun Strowman who actually flipped the ambulance like you wouldn't expect that to happen and it was ridiculous yeah well there's but been those like, like surprise yeah, deaths too this... and things people actually died well yeah well I was I'm not going to talk about those because those are obviously not scripted um, but no. and then also like uh, there's and then Roman Reigns had Braun Strowman in an ambulance in a different one and he just runs it right into a like into a semi truck and then they're like oh my god is he dead is he dead and just like stuff like that so this is funny um, and then you just see Braun Strowman crawl out bleeding everywhere and just like crawling away and then he comes back and fights another day so I don't know it's just funny stuff like that. And it's just okay. fu- and I think the funny part about it too is just the announcers just get so into it. It's just like the most ridiculous spectacle. It's just like over the top stuff. It's like, oh my god, I think he's dead. I think he's dead. There's no way he can get out of there. <laughs> that was, that was and, my favorite part. And when then I, when then, I then he gets the out. Announcers was my favorite. Yeah, the announcers like they're bad, <clears throat> but that's what makes it great. So, and it's like the most hyperbole stuff that you could ever think of. They just say it, and it's that's... it's great. This, uh, I can I can see it now. That makes more sense to me than, than like, because my mental image is really skewed from my experience in retail when I used to sell the video game. And, like, you had a guy come in, and you just knew that they were going to buy WWE because they just <laughs> looked like that guy who just lived in their parents' basement. And, and like, I'm certain there's people like that in this situation, but it's I know not everybody's like that. And it's just, it's just, it's... It's kind of like, you know, like with what I said, I'm watching an anime. There's arcs, you, characters have, uh, the, the people have their own, like, special moves and stuff like that. And I can see the appeal. It makes a little more sense to me now. I just, I didn't know that because to me, wrestling was what it was when I was a kid. Like Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man, Randy Savage, and yeah. a bunch of really crazy personalities and weird outfits. 
Yeah, but the wrestling was very subpar. Whereas now nowadays, like the wrestling is actually better than almost the arcs and the story that's created. Like some of the rest moves that you see them do now is like you're surprised people are able to do that. Like with the choreographing that they're able to do. Like there's um ones where they're pretty much like it looks like there's no way that they could get momentum, and then they just do like a flip with also carrying someone and doing a pin maneuver with it. Like it's just like moves like that where it's just like you know it takes a lot of time and skill to actually do that. Whereas back in the day, Hulk Hogan just like you know punch somebody a few times, fall over a few times, and then he get really powered up and then you know does does a drop kick. I mean that was very boring, but and then rip his shirt off. So that doesn't happen anymore. Like they actually have to be an athlete and also have a personality. Like you have to have both. Like Hulk Hogan today could not survive in the type of wrestling uh, universe that's been created. Okay. I mean, it's, it's good to know. Um, I feel like, uh, sadly, I didn't mean to make it into the wrestling uh, talk show this time. So does anyone else have anything else to say or add or question or so they, do they still just have Raw and SmackDown as far as wrestling networks go? So programs? for for major networks uh, for USA, they have uh, Raw and SmackDown um, the Monday and Tuesday, respectively. And then there's also uh, Live 205, which is the cruiserweight division that they introduced. Uh, I think I think it's almost been a, getting close to a year now. And then they also have some other things that they do, like on the WWE network. They have NXT, which is like kind of their um, I guess you could say their farm school where they that's where they kind of make like a place where superstars can learn how to be a on that next level and they actually have a whole training facility in Florida where they do all this and so that's NXT they do it every Wednesday and then um, they also do some side things like they have a UK championship that they do once in a while and then um, yeah, I mean, they do a lot on their WWE Network stuff because it's also obviously cheaper for them to do it that way and not have to pay, like, royalties and stuff like that to, like, USA and all that stuff. So um, they kind of have their own thing um, for WWE Network. So, Joe, if somebody wanted to get into watching wrestling, what would be the best way to go about doing that, in your opinion? I think the best way would probably just uh, watch it on USA, watch Raw, watch SmackDown, and to see if you can get a feel of it. Um, also, WWE Network is uh, free for 30 days. I don't want to be promoting that, obviously, but it's just if you know if you want to check that out. Pay per views are just two a month now because SmackDown and Raw are different rosters, so they have two different pay per views for them, except for the big ones like Survivor Series and like um, well, Royal Survivor's, Rumble, well, like Royal Rumble. Uh, WrestleMania, SummerSlam. SummerSlam, all those. They're, that's when they're both rosters come together. Um, but other than that, they, each one have their own pay-per-views to a month. So you actually get a lot nice. of content out of it. And, you know, like, so if you do like it, it's definitely worth the investment because you always, you will always have content to watch. So. All right. Well, that's been very illuminating wrestling stuff. Yep. Um, do we want to talk about anything else for now? or So for... Your stuff, Frank. So I could never get into One Piece for some reason. Um, I'm not sure what it was, but I, I don't know if it's the art style or there's something about it that I can't get into it. But I do like those type of animes, though. Like I do like, um, I actually like Fairy Tale, which is kind of similar um, in like that regard. 
where you just always have fights and all that stuff. So, I mean, what's... I mean, so what really got you into it besides... Okay. Um, so, just to say what the show is about, it follows the adventures of Luffy, and it's a world not too different from ours, but it's basically this great pirate named Gold Roger many years ago um, sailed to the end of this... this it's basically the equator in this world, but it's it's this really dangerous stretch of sea called the Grand Line. And he found all the treasures of the world and saw everything the world has to offer. And uh, when he was captured by the Navy and about to be executed, he said, um, at the end of the Grand Line lies my treasure, the One Piece, um, and essentially lays out the plot. But like most shonen shows, that's the end goal, but it's not what the show is about. Like, yeah, that's the loose, loose thing pushing people into that direction, um, and it creates this tension, but his actions create, like, this age of piracy, and it's the Japanese version of piracy, so it's, like, this weird amalgamation of Western piracy mixed with, like, I don't know, a bunch of Eastern tropes. Uh, in the world itself, there's, like, these fruits that call devil fruits and if certain when someone eats them it gives them some supernatural ability um, there's a lot there's really a lot going on there's no way i could possibly sum it all up but suffice it to say luffy gets a crew of really likable interesting characters throughout his journeys and they they sail the grand line on their way to find the one piece and it's it's very What's really engaging about it is it's really character-driven in a way that other shows try but fail. Uh, there's other shonen anime like Dragon Ball where, I mean, I like Dragon Ball. I, I mean, that's my other, if I guess you could call it guilty pleasure, but it's so mainstream. I don't even know why it would be. Um, but unlike that, the fights are a part of it, but the reasoning behind it's a big thing. All the character motivations make a certain sense, even like the bad guys, which are the Navy. They're not bad guys, they're just doing their job. There are actual, like, evil, antagonistic characters. Uh, but it, it, it's just, the motivations for everything make sense. And the, the crew members, the principal crew members, the Straw Hats, um, they, they all work well with each other, they all have a great rapport, and they would never betray each other, which is something that's really nice, like, in... The show itself is almost always optimistic. Like, there's always dark moments. I mean, that's going to happen. But at the end of the day, it's not the kind of thing where you're like, oh, gosh. It's not trying to be, like, 90s edgy, even when it was in the 90s. At the end of the day, like, the characters themselves are positive. Yeah, there's some questionable things with it now. There's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of strong female characters on the show, which is a plus, and he's gotten a lot of, the creator has gotten a lot of accolades for that, especially in anime, but the problem is they always have no waistline and very well-developed chests, like, without fail. And it's it's a little obnoxious, but it's not usually done in a kind of awkward fan service way. Um, but what really gets me to the show is just the character arcs. When we get introduced to each of the new crew members right now they haven't had a new crew member for a long time there's something like 800 episodes of the show i couldn't even tell you how many volumes of the manga there are but it's 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 the best-selling manga in history are you being sarcastic no i go or, i googled it while you were talking oh I, I did not manga in history 
I'm not super surprised. I mean, it's got a kind of universal appeal to it, and I would love to get a set on some, uh, a hand on some of the compendiums they have. But um, no, I mean, even the side characters that they have just in that arc get really fleshed out, sometimes to the point of like, okay, enough already. Um, but it, there's always good background and motivation for everything that's being done in the show and in the manga. Um, and it's it's nice. Like every character that's been added to the crew gets a lot of love and attention. We really understand their past and what their goals and motivations are. So when we see them fight or do something, it has a lot of impact and weight. It's not just the Dragon Ball style. I got to be stronger than the bad guy that's going to blow up the earth. You know, and it's it's fun to be certain, but it's nice when it's just a little lower stakes than that. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we are cheering for the bad guys, even though they're not like evil. Yeah. But yeah. It's it's very engaging. I really like it. I mean, I've seen like a few episodes of it. And actually, recently, I've seen a few that were on Adult Swim because Adult Swim got it back. And um... yeah, we'll talk about that. Actually, <laughs> go ahead. But yeah, so I mean, there's a episode I watch, or I think it was maybe one or two. Actually, it was just like about the story of like this guy who um, was on the ship, but he was like not like really like useful, but he played music and also he had a whale that followed him around. And stuff like that. Oh, so, yeah, Brooke. Yeah, yeah. So I watched, I watched those two episodes, and I, I thought it was pretty, like, pretty involved. And it was like, I think it was actually two episodes long where they just talked about him and like his story, um, and they went really in depth about everything about him and then who he is and all that stuff. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And then he tried to become useful for Luffy, um, like the crew, and like he kept, he couldn't do anything right. So mm-hmm. and then like eventually, but. Then he found his place, though. So, but well, that's just... that's the kind of thing. Like even that particular, I remember those episodes because they were actually filler. They're not yeah. important to the plot, but they yeah. uh, no. But they, but they that, do that's, talk that's about like the all the great stuff, though. Like the great line, they talk about that within that little bit. Right yeah. There too. So. Yeah, it's it's a show that it's not something you can watch halfway through, and I'm not a fan of how it's been uh, syndicated in the U.S. because they had. Four kids had the first two arcs, which are kind of crucial if you want to get into the show. Because if you don't like those, you're probably not going to re- like the rest. Um, but they they really oh they 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 messed up the voice acting. They censored the bejesus out of it. I'm not usually opposed to censoring, but like there's a character who's a who's the cook on the ship and he kicks things a lot and he smokes. But they didn't think they replaced his cigarette with they just say it's a lollipop i'm like who are you trying to fool kids like it's a part of the character people smoke you know get over it but and then i was gonna say something really quick about smoking um in anime uh didn't they do that to uh jojo bizarre adventure recently when they localized it yeah yeah they this like they blurred out the cigarette or something stupid yeah it's bizarre yeah It's, it's bizarre for those who don't know, smoking in Japan is integrated in the culture in a way that's very different than it is in the United States. It's just a thing. It's not something they think of as harmful in the same way we do. Uh, that's not to say that they're oblivious to it. It's just they don't they don't have the same restrictions we do. Um, anyway, and then they and then Adult Swim got the new syndication. They redubbed it and they kept everything the same, but they only got the first like I think fifty episodes. Yeah, I don't think. And then I, and then they. Then they jump ahead to like episode 200, so you miss all these great arcs introducing all these characters, uh, and it, and they start with a filler arc. They don't even start with like a cool new arc. It didn't make any sense at all. 
I, it's not how I got into it. I just watched it on Crunchyroll. I'm not actually caught up, believe it or not. I've only watched 600 episodes. But Whoa, only 600? Yeah. Man, geez, you're way behind. Well, that's, yeah, that's the guess, the joke. <laughs> and I've been watching it since since 2015. So, yeah, I, I usually watch an episode or two every once in a while. Hey, I know that guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a... It's just really engaging. There's a character they introduce. The little every anime has a little mascot character, and this one it's it's uh, this little I don't know how to describe it. We'll just say a reindeer man um, named Chopper, and he's adorable. But his arc is what made me realize that I really loved the show because it's it 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 literally sets up throughout the whole arc like this one thing. He just wants this one thing to happen because it's the dream of the person who raised him. And he died before it could happen. And that thing happens at the end, and it's just beautiful. I don't, I don't know. It just it hit me in a way that shows don't don't do for me anymore. Like they just, it it was really nice and sweet, and like the, it wraps up in a way. Oh, another thing I really like the music. It's almost all orchestral. It's done well, even if it's the same themes for seven hundred episodes. It's still catchy and interesting. Um. There's a lot I could say about it, but honestly, it's one of those shows that you watch the first 30 episodes, it gives you an idea of what to expect. It only gets better from there. It's never gotten worse. There's been arcs where I'm like, eh, I'm not really invested in this because the stakes aren't very high, but it doesn't mean I don't watch or care. And there's some arcs where the stakes are super high. Like most, like most anime or manga, there's like a time jump where the characters will go from this point and then it moves the show forward with some time passing uh naruto did it and one piece is time jump the arc before that is like intense so much happens there's actually an honest to god major character death um and it ends in a way that you're like oh my gosh how's everything gonna go back to normal after this and spoilers it does but it just it's done well it's done in a way that was engaging and i really just i really like it i have a super soft spot for it and it's not something i usually tell everybody but it's it's something that i really enjoy that's great i mean i'm gonna probably have to actually maybe take a serious watch on it i mean i've been kind of going back and watching stuff that i might have not have liked when i was younger and i've started to notice that there's things i just maybe just missed or honestly didn't really give it a fair chance so, I don't know. I've noticed that with some stuff on even on Netflix where I just kind of go back and watch this like a random anime. I'm like, oh, this might be interesting. So I watch it. Like, um, I think one that I watched recently was uh, Vampire Night of all things, which was ridiculous. I don't know. Have you seen that or no? Um, I've heard of it. I, I, I don't propose to know it or uh, say that I know anything about it, though. I mean, I didn't look anything up about it or any, or I didn't even do any research i'm just like that looks interesting so i decided to watch it um uh it's a very it's interesting to say that um and also probably with the dubbing it probably makes it a little bit awkward but uh yeah it was and i've been doing that lately it's just kind of di deep like just diving into things i don't know anything about and see if i like it so well slightly on topic yeah. dubs or subs what do you like more Depends. If it's a newer one, I like dubs. Um, older, probably subs. 
So. Yeah, it, it it really depends on who's doing it. And there's some that I'm like, I've watched so much of it one way, it's hard to watch it the other way. But then there's some I don't care. And then there's some where the dub is superior. And even Japan admits the dub is superior to the to the original, like Cowboy Bebop or something like that. Yeah, Cowboy Bebop dub is really good. Um, Steve Blum, baby. The sad part is the Inuyasha dub is probably better than the Japanese uh, dub. Just because the uh, voice actor for Inuyasha is unbearable in the Japanese version, at least for me. Um, I watched it all subbed, though. So, I mean, I guess I kind of have, like, um, a certain preference to the Japanese version. But at the same time, like, if you listen to to the English version, it's a little bit better, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, I've not watched Inuyasha much. I remember catching it on Toonami a little bit, but... Yeah, I watched the whole series in Japanese, I think, um, the last episode. And then I also watched nice. the latest thing, to the final act. It was on Netflix for a quick second, but, yeah. Okay. Um, well, uh, Matt, because we haven't talked to you in a little while, um, there's a certain style with James Cameron movies that I think is very universal. Um what do you think that is? What is that element of, of Cameron um, movies that that really seems to kind of draw people in? Because his movies always do well. Like I don't, I can't think of one that didn't do well. Can you? Uh, no, I can't. Nothing recently. Like he. He has directed the two highest-grossing movies of all time, Avatar and Titanic, respectively. Well, actually, now that I think about it, he he did documentaries. Those probably didn't do very well. Yeah, but those don't really count. Docs don't do well in general, usually, unless you're Michael Moore, who just has shock value to his. Yeah, that's true. But and then he's he's like two of his movies are like, if I was gonna like make a list of like my top twenty movies. Terminator 2 and Aliens are on that list. Like, he just... Like, Term- Terminator 1 was his first movie that he... The, his first big-budget big budget movie that he did. He just set a really good tone and created really good characters. And then the sequel... I, I don't want to retread ground from last episode, but the, the sequel, like, built on that and, like, created even more... a better universe... And then Aliens is like kind of like a completely different movie than Alien. It is, it's just, it's action heavy. It developed the, the character of Ripley. Like Cameron was like one of the first big proponents of like female led action heroes. He kind yeah. of started this, he kind of started that wave. And Sigourney Weaver got nominated for Best Actress for Aliens. Which is yeah. pretty cool. Unfortunately, she did not win. No travesty, but you can't win them all. He's just he's just got a, a kind of like mass market appeal, and he's like he's a stickler for detail. So he's a, he's a really good filmmaker. He know he knows what audiences want to see, but he doesn't compromise his vision for them of the movie just to appease what the audience wants like he he does a very good job of like melding the two of keeping his vision of what he wants in the movie while also making it a very accessible movie to the mainstream audience and i think that's why he's been so successful in a lot of his movies 
Oh, yeah. I mean, just look at Avatar and Titanic. Avatar, I mean, he came up with a whole ecology and basis for how that world works and made it make sense in the narrative, even though I'm not sure that plants on a, a planet that doesn't produce oxygen would be green, but that's not the point. Um, it's just, there's a certain, it like plays with your expectations in a safe way. Like, I don't think his movies are ever very challenging. Um, you know, like, uh, alien, a planet that, that life evolved a lot like earth, except they're blue people and they're kind of cat like, you know, things like that are, it's, it's really safe, but it's also really well done. So yeah, I'd agree with all that. And Titanic, I mean, they built a scale Titanic to shoot that crap on. Like, that's that's crazy, man. Like, that's well, dedication. Even another thing for um, Titanic, a little uh, trivia, when um, the scene at the end when they're, you know, when everyone's in the water and the Titanic sank and Rose is on the door, I, th I think it was for the DVD or Blu-ray release or when they re-released it in theaters, like James Cameron, like meticulously, like asked people, like what did the stars look like in that section of the sky that night, and like put it on there for that thing. Like no one's gonna notice that. Like there's there's tons of little details in his movies, like Titanic especially, because that was just that movie was just a labor of love that like nobody's ever gonna notice, but he just wanted it to just just be right oh yeah the, the set his set design is always on point his attention detail is insane i'm pretty sure that in avatar if we looked at the computer screens they'd actually say something that would make sense in universe but i mean i, I mean you're not going to notice that a lot of the people really hated on the use of the word unobtainium but i'm pretty sure that it, i'm pretty sure that a corporation calling it that is meant to be a gag in itself it doesn't yeah. matter what it's called because it's a big MacGuffin anyway. It's yeah, really it's, there to move the plot along. Yeah. That, that's essentially what unobtainium is. Like, that's just the reason why they're there. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the resource yeah. they're trying to get. I mean, the thing is, like, it makes no sense to make a real one because we're at a point probably where it, there's new stuff out there that much is much better, so... Well, or you wouldn't need to go to a planet with indigenous life to get it. Well, and exactly. they just needed to call it something fancy. Yep. It's, it's, yeah, the story's been done, like you said, but the, he did it so well that you didn't really care. Yeah, the spectacle of it was amazing. There's still scenes in that movie that give me a little bit of goosebumps, like when that, the, when the big tree falls over, their home falls over, and there's ash and fire in the air and everything and it's just exceptionally well done and in 2009 those kind of like effects and, and and detail and the facial capture that was not new but it would never have been done to that scale well, no, just just look at the effect that avatar has had on the film industry like you could argue to negative effect which is like why movie prices are so expensive because avatar came out and everyone's just like oh my gosh 3d like we all need to have our movies in 3D, which, which thankfully that is kind of, that has died down in recent years. But for about five to six years afterwards, like it was like 3D, come see the movie in 3D. And normally it wasn't very good, but Cameron made that movie specifically to be in 3D. Oh, and it was excellent too. I mean, it wasn't uh -huh. just, you know, like a pop-up book, like a lot of 3D movies are. It was an honest to God 3D experience. 
like that same scene I mentioned with, you know, there's ash and stuff in the air. And I mean, it, it comes in front of their vision and it, it, it pops. And uh, it was, that was really exceptionally well done. Uh, visually film. Yep. You know, the story is stupid, but the, the setting was amazing. Are you, wait, are you telling me that sucker punch wasn't good? <laughs> Zack Snyder's Sucker Punch the film of the millennium the weirdest most like self-absorbed movie I've ever seen in my life look how crafty I am I saw that right? like I saw that in IMAX so oh, yeah so yeah the soul is that back. Uh, yeah, well, gonna, it was, that should it, have been your guilty pleasure Joe I didn't <laughs> I didn't well actually the funny thing is like I actually liked it a little bit more the second time I saw it but besides that um, the only reason why I went is because I got a free ticket. So, oh. There's that. I see. Like, uh, um, someone that I knew won free tickets on a, I think it was through Twitter. They just entered in a contest and got two tickets for IMAX for Sucker Punch of all movies. So, there was that. Are, they, are you still friends with that person after they dragged that movie? Um, Yeah. <laughs> Matt is shaking his head disapprovingly <laughs> for those who can't see, yeah. uh, i.e., nobody. Um, I would like uh, not not today, but show for a future episode. I would like to uh, talk about Zack Snyder at some point. I mean, is yeah, some great it's films out there. Some great films. Well, you know, Dawn of the Dead was a legitimately entertaining, well done film. There's. But I don't want to get started on that right now. That's no, for another time. Like no. for next podcast. It would take us a few hours to get through all that. So Yeah. So, Well, guys, we talked about a lot of stuff today. We kind of went all over the place. But I like these kind of discussions. We don't have a lot of very current things to talk about other than some video games. Um, anything uh, anyone want to say before we close off? So I think one thing I'm going to be doing before our next one is that I bought the game Yakuza 0, which is, um, you know, something I've been wanting to get into that series for a long time. And so hopefully I can give you guys some info about that once I play it. Oh, yeah. Nice. I would actually like to hear a lot about that. I've been interested in that series for a long time. Yeah, Stream I played, it, bro. I played one demo of it, and I was like, it was just, just the fighting system that's all you got to try out but i hear the story is pretty good too and um it's made by sega and i hopefully i hear it kind of reminds people of shenmue a bit which i have a soft spot for so yeah we'll go from there nice all right everybody well thanks for tuning in we'll catch you next time uh you can follow us on twitter at bf charged our website is batteriesfullycharged.com we hope to have a facebook and maybe even a YouTube so we can post some video podcasts at some point. Um, but for now, we'll uh, talk to y'all later. You guys have a good one. See you. Take it easy. <laughs>